This episode brought to you by Team Stripes Academy. Learn from some of the top officials in the world. Start today at TeamStripesAcademy.com. You're listening to the Team Stripes Podcast, the podcast for hockey referees. Each show, we discuss the world of officiating and find out that not everything is in black and white. Here's your host, Brandon Bourgeois. So welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Team Stripes podcast. We have a very high-level executive with USA Hockey joining us today. His name is Matt Leaf. Now, Matt has been with uh, USA Hockey for some time, and he's also the manager of the officiating management or officiating education program. So we thought he'd be a great guest. I know many of our referees we've talked to have mentioned Matt's role in in the development program, so we wanted to have him on the show. So, uh, Matt, welcome. Yeah, thanks, Brandon. It's uh, certainly a pleasure to be with you. So, Matt, uh, before we get into kind of uh, some of the some of the bigger questions, I'd love just first and foremost to you know hear how you got started with uh, with officiating. Uh, yeah, that's uh, <clears throat> that's certainly an interesting question uh, or a great question. Um, I started when I was younger. I, I grew up in a small town in Wisconsin and uh, um, outdoor rink. Uh, played uh, obviously played hockey growing up and, and was a decent player, but uh, but not a great player and stuff like that and and. Uh, essentially our small association was looking for officials. So I, when I was 13 years old, uh, started, uh, the hockey was in my family. My dad, uh, played and, and was an official and, and my brothers and stuff like that. Uh, so basically just started working, uh, some lower level games at 13 as, uh, you know, for a cup of hot chocolate and a hot dog, we didn't get paid back then, uh, on some outdoor rinks and, and, uh, really, uh, really enjoyed it. Uh, Went on to school at the University of Wisconsin uh, in Madison, uh, so a little bigger town with a, a pretty uh, uh, formal and structured officiating uh, group that's uh, association down in that area, um, and uh, really got uh, got it more actively involved there. Uh, started working some higher levels. Um, eventually, worked my way up through the USA Hockey uh, uh, development camps and and into. Uh, uh, NCAA hockey. Uh, while I was going to Wisconsin, I was working uh, the WCHA uh, as a local lines person, and uh, uh, also then uh, working USHL, the top junior league, and, and stuff like that. Um, basically, uh, kind of sort of transitioned into the administrative side of things. Uh, was a volunteer back uh, in Wisconsin as uh, uh, a district evaluation coordinator and a local instructor, and those types of things. And in a position here with USA Hockey opened up, and and uh, I was fortunate enough to be uh, considered and and uh, uh, have been uh, here in Colorado Springs with the national office uh, for the last 24 years. So, Matt, what made you want to make the switch from uh, being on the ice to joining kind of the development side or the uh, the administrative side of, of the game? I wish I could give you a clear answer other than the fact that the opportunity arose. Um, you know, I was I was a good official. I was a decent official. I wasn't I wasn't going to the National Hockey League uh or going to do a uh, have a lengthy career internationally or anything along those lines. Uh, you know, had a cup of coffee with a couple of international games and and uh and stuff like that. But it was predominantly like I say working the USHL. Uh didn't really have an interest to in going into pro hockey or anything like that and and um, you know, the opportunity came up and, and the bottom line is, is, um, for someone who has a passion for the sport and, and certainly a passion for officiating. Um, I think when the opportunity came up, uh, I was in my late twenties at the time. Um, it, it was a decision of, Hey, I could, I could earn a living. You know, I could do this full time doing hockey, uh, and being involved in the sport that I love and, and, uh, um, 
being involved in the officiating aspect of it. And uh, for, for me, it just made sense at the time. It just, uh, um, like I say, maybe it's timing, maybe it's just being in the right place at the right time. Um, but the bottom line is, is uh, uh, if you would have told me when I was was 10 years old that I could earn a living doing hockey, um, I think there's a lot of people that have a, a passion for the sport that would jump at that opportunity. Um, well, I was given that opportunity, and, and uh, uh, I wasn't going to be able, you know, I wasn't going to have a career on the ice. Um so it just made sense that uh, I take advantage of that, and and, and uh, certainly no complaints. Uh, it's worked out very well for me. So I'm sure we have a lot of listeners that are interested in hearing, like when you first got into it. Like you said, it was a while ago, not to age you or anything, but you got involved quite a while ago. What was the education program like back then? What was it? Was it you know as detailed as it is today, or can you talk about just where the program was at when you when you took over? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, USA Hockey. Uh, uh, back in the, uh, the 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 late seventies, early eighties, and and uh, we had a gentleman by the name of of Hal Trumbull, was our uh, uh, executive director at that time. And Hal was from Minne- from the Minneapolis area, and, and uh, but he was also an official, um, so he understood. And and back at, at that time, you know, the USA Hockey National Office was basically Hal. Um, I think Louis Vero was part of our coaching program, education program, and he went on to be our 1984 Olympic team coach. And, and uh, you know, they had one one administrative assistant, and and Hal was an official, and uh, actually worked the the 1968 Winter Olympic Games. In fact, I think he's the only official to ever work uh, both the bronze medal and the gold medal games in the same Olympic Games. Um, but he understood the importance of. Um, the officiating education aspect of it and, and that in order to be able to grow the sport and in order to be able to uh, develop players and develop the sport that the officials had to come along with everyone else. Um, so in, in 1983, they went out and hired uh, my predecessor, a gentleman by the name of Mark Rudolph, uh, a young official um, that uh, uh, was working NCAA and stuff like that uh, from, from uh, the Buffalo area. Um, so 1983 was really kind of sort of the start of, of the, the officiating education program. Um, <clears throat> Mark worked with some guys. Um, Kevin Collins had a, had a major impact in terms of, of, of originally helping Mark develop um, our educational materials and our summer camp program and, and uh, several other guys that, that were involved back then. Uh, really, really, Ron Foyt uh, really played a key role in, in in uh, helping Mark develop those resources and stuff. Uh, the changes that have taken place, and, and I came on in, in 1994 uh, when Mark uh, moved on and, and uh, did some other things with USA Hockey. Um, the changes that really have taken place since then um, is is just dealing with the electronics and, and technology and, and those types of things. Um, the basic principles of the program, which is, you know, seminars, uh, open book, uh, you know, testing exams, um, continuing education, uh, evaluation, and all those those types of things. Um, they were all really part of uh, uh, part of what Mark uh, Mark Rudolph developed as as uh, as the the foundation for our programs. And and you know, in 1994, um, when I came on board, I think we had about uh, uh, um, 7,500 officials, somewhere in that range. Um, you know, we've gone up and, and we're at 25,000 now. We've had a steady growth, but the growth of the game is, 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 you know, followed that same path. So it's not, not necessarily exclusive to the officiating side of things, but really where, 
again, where the changes have gone on is the technology. We have, you know, national online registration now. Um, all the testing's done online. Uh, we still have the uh, the seminar at the start of each season, but that's more of an abbreviated thing because we have an online seminar curriculum that helps supplement the seminar part. Um, and uh, uh, just utilizing the, 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 the technology that's available to us and continues to be available to us, uh, you know, a, a mobile rulebook application, um, you know, those types of things that, uh, that makes uh, the access to material and, and resources considerably easier than it was 20, 25 years ago. That's really been the big change. So uh, I want to give it, you know, we need to give a lot of credit to, 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 to Hal Trumbull and, and for his vision uh, and for Mark for, for really kind of sort of building the foundation and, and, um, in my role and, and working with the volunteers and the district referees and chiefs I've worked with over the last 24 years, um, it's really just been uh, taking advantage of um, the opportunities that have been afforded to us as it relates to technology and, and streamlining and, and just making things a little bit more user-friendly for everyone. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you mentioned technology, which I think is a great point. I mean, certainly like for our podcast, we see the, the arising, you know, the usefulness of technology. I mean, is that difficult for you guys to kind of keep, you know, keep up with the newest trends and everything that's that's going on in terms of technology, whether it be, you know, apps or, you know, videos? I mean, is, is that always a consistent challenge to, to stay stay up to date with that stuff? Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a challenge. I mean, we're fortunate in that we have, uh, you know, we have people here in the office and as part of our staff here at the USA Hockey that are experts in those areas. You know, so we we rely on them, and and you know, I'm not I'm not a I'm not a tech uh, I'm not a tech geek. I'm not one, I'm not one of those guys that you know that uh, um, that that knows the difference between Twitter and Instagram and and those types of things. I'm a little bit more old school than that. Uh, but um, you know, the, our, our communications staff in the office here and and uh, our technology people um, that uh, that do have that passion for that, uh, along with the passion that they have for hockey as well um you know they're they're telling us what we need to do in terms of of staying up to date and 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 some of the new opportunities that are afforded to us and those types of things so um i'd I'd like to say that i'm the brainchild behind uh any new initiative that comes aboard uh as we're utilizing technology but that uh that flat out wouldn't be the truth and man um i'm fortunate and and very grateful the fact that we have some people uh, running around here that we work with that uh that do have that passion and are willing to to share their uh, knowledge with us and uh matt like you mentioned a really cool stat where you talked about the growth of referees as officials has gone from 7500 to 25000 and you mentioned you attributed a lot of that to just the growth of the game but i'm just curious like from your experience with usa hockey is there certain tools and techniques that you're using to recruit officials that you found have been very very popular for you I wouldn't say that there's there's anything magical on a national level, uh, because the the reality is we're a large country, and and you know the the bottom line is is the recruiting aspect of it um, primarily has to take place at the local level, because the reality is if someone can contact, or we could send out, let's say, a, 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 an email or a flyer from the national office here, and the reality is is that that official, let's say, is in in uh, let's say is based in Ohio. You know, which is is fifteen hundred miles, you know, kilometers away. The reality is, is that official has to have some sort of a resource or contact at that local level that shares with the USA Hockey vision 
to be able to bring them on board and be able to create the environment for them to have success as an official. So we really do have to rely on the local level. And, and I got to be honest with you, um, the reality is, is that the vast majority of our growth, just like on the player side of things and everything, has, has occurred in those non-traditional hockey areas uh, where the NHL has expanded you know, down into Florida and, and down into Nashville and, and uh, Texas and, and California and those types of things. And, you know, who would have thought 20 years ago that, uh, what, a couple of years ago, there was, you know, four first-round draft picks out of the state of Colorado or state of California. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you look at our growth is, is you know, we have the big M's or the, the, the four big states, you know, which is Massachusetts, New York, Michigan, Minnesota, uh, whereas they've seen some growth. It has been exponentially like the rest of the country uh, in terms of what they've done because they're already second, third generation hockey, you know, hockey areas. Um, but when you get into, you know, the Texas and Colorado and, and California, excuse me, uh, Florida, um, the South and, and those types of things, that's where the growth has occurred. Um, so it really has been a direct impact, I think, of the growth of our game. And certainly, on, on, because when the players come somewhere along the line, the officials have to come too. Um, it really has been uh, um, a, a direct uh, uh, influence of the National Hockey League ex- expansion and uh, their growth into those non-traditional hockey markets. Um, you know, right now, obviously, Vegas is is going to be nuts. Um, you know, in, in terms of uh, the, their growth in the youth programs and what, what they have going on. And, and, you know, the officiating is going to have to keep up with them. So we're going to expect some considerable growth, uh, you know, in that area in the coming years. And, and uh, I think that's more or less a natural progression. And I think you made a great point. I mean, certainly like the NHL has really kind of, you know, led the way a lot in the growth of the game in these non-traditional markets. And I'm curious from, from your perspective, is there a different challenge and helping educate officials in those new markets, as opposed, like you mentioned, the four big states, where you know you could have a guy in Minnesota whose whose father was a referee, whose grandfather was a referee. That it's it's kind of ingrained. But is there a, new, a unique challenge in educating officials in those new markets for you guys? I think uh, I think the challenge um, is unique in terms of educating the entire um, entire hockey community, so to speak. Uh, and and whereas there's also some advantages to that, whereas that that official in 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 Minnesota, that third or fourth generation guy, he might be he might be a little bit set in his ways, or she might be a little bit set in her ways, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so they've been doing it for X number of years, and this is the way that their family did it. So when you bring out, um, you know, you bring out uh, a new initiative as it relates to our, our standard of play for body checking, you know, and taking checking out of of uh, um, you know the PBA's classification. Um, and, you know, putting the emphasis on the boarding, charging, checking from behind hand contact uh, with the minimum penalty of a 2 and 10. Those old school guys that have been around for several generations, they might be a little bit slower to uh, transition, you know, and, and to buy on and, and, and to um, accept the standard of what the expectation is of the, the national governing body, whereas in the newer areas, that's all they know. You know, so that's all they've been taught and, and so forth. On the flip side of that, though, where I think the struggle and where the challenges comes into play is, is communicating, or I should say educating the entire family. And, and that that means parents in terms of what expectations are. That means coaches. That means players. Um, because they, they may, you know, they see the National Hockey League level, which is obviously, 
you know, fantastic hockey is played at a high level, but it, it's not, it's not applicable to a typical PUE game. Mm. You know, it's, it's not the same, it's not the same game in terms of what the skills or what the expectations or what the physicality is and those types of things. Mm-hmm. So they have that, that newer generation has ingrained in them in terms of what they expect the sport of ice hockey to be. Um, and, and, you know, we're trying to teach them and, and need to educate all those components in terms of what youth hockey is, is supposed to be about, uh, the development aspect, the, the having fun following the American development model as it relates to developing a lifelong passion for the sport and participating in the sport versus, you know, the competitive, uh, competitive nature of a, of a 12 year old that has to travel, you know, uh, travel every 2000 miles every single weekend to play in tournaments and, and, you know, the triple a versus recreational and just enjoying the game and those types of things. So I think that's where those challenges take place. And, and I think a really good example of that is, is, you know, that you take the Dallas area when the, the stars went in, um, in the, the, the mid, uh, 1990s, you know, it, it was a first generation hockey people and, and, you know, for, for 15 years, that area from a, a youth hockey perspective created a lot of challenges that is related to what was expected and, and, you know, what the program is supposed to be about and, and, uh, um, the way the game is supposed to be played and those types of things. Cause their only exposure to that before the NHL was minor league, you know, minor league hockey. And that's a, a little bit of a different animal as well. Um, but now, now that we're getting into, you know, maybe starting that second generation a little bit and that whole area is developed, um, Dallas has become a hotspot in terms of developing young athletes and, and creating opportunities. And, and, um, you know, they have a, a, a pretty extensive high school program down in Dallas now that's, that's really structured and, and has played at a pretty, uh, pretty high level for all the right reasons. And, and, but it took, it took that 15, 20 years to evolve. And, and I think that's, that's kind of sort of really the challenge that USA hockey faces, um, not only on the officiating side, but it's also on the parent education, um, the coaching education and, and, uh, the players as well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Matt, I picked up on, on an element that you talked about. You said it has to be fun, right? And, you know, we just finished, we just finished a series on uh, talking about referee retention with a lot of local, um, re- uh, referees in chief. And, you know, certainly in Hockey Canada, the stat that we use is, you know, 47% of first, uh, you know, level one and level two first year officials won't come back for their second season. And I'm just curious, like from your national perspective, is there something that you guys have been trying to implement to improve retention or just support those local regions and really helping to retain officials? That, that is the, that is the, the, um, the hotspot. That's the biggest challenge that we have. Um, and, and, and you go back to the recruiting angle real quick. Um, it, it, you know, everyone, when you, when you talk about the growth aspect of the game, everyone's thinking, well, recruit, recruit, recruit. Well, the bottom line is, is we get 9,000 new officials every year throughout the country. Um, and, and that's reality. And we can go back 10, 15 years, and, and that number is going to vary between 8,500 and 9,000 brand new officials every single year. doesn't change. So we're obviously getting some of the recruiting aspect of it and and uh, getting new new officials to give it a try um but we share that that same number as, as hockey canada has and and roughly losing about roughly 50 percent of our new officials don't come back for their second season um and that's the challenge that really is a challenge that we have and and 
Um, you know, a lot of people will suggest that we have a shortage of officials, and, and to a certain extent we do, but I think it's, it's quite frankly, we have a shortage of experienced officials because if you bring that out based on our current retention rates, which for all practical purposes haven't changed in, in 25, 30 years, um, you break that out, we only have about 38% of our officials or 40% of our officials that have three or more years of experience. Um, and that's the challenge. And if you take that out to five years and it goes down to about 20%. Um, so that's the challenge that we have. And, and, you know, we've made some recent changes to, uh, our registration programs a little bit. Um, and, uh, um, have, have done some initiatives as it relates to trying to support assigners a little bit better and, and creating, uh, expectations and uh, establishing guidelines for assigners. Uh, because ultimately, um, the, the, when you talk about having fun, uh, we can sit here in the national office in, in Colorado Springs and, and, and develop all the resources in the world and, and provide all the information and stuff like that. But the bottom line is, is, you know, we may have 40,000 games played throughout the country on any given weekend. Okay. And I have two sons, so I'm, I might be at four of them, you know, um, two sons that are playing and, and they're officiating. So, you know, maybe I'm at six or eight of them, you know, over the course of the weekend. Well, that still leaves another, you know, 39,000 plus games that, that we're not at. And we have to rely on that local area and that local leadership in terms of, of being committed to creating the best possible environment for those officials, whether it's young, whether it's old, whether it's new, whether it's experienced, each and every official uh, and, and the local area has to be committed to creating the best possible environment for them to go out and be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of that success is having that fun. So that's the challenge that we have is, is you know, getting those local areas uh, and, and getting every uh, local area uh, really committed. to And, and it, it's not just the officiating or the local supervisor of officials. It, it's part of signer. Um, who's who, and oftentimes is is making a few bucks for each game they assign, and and whatever commitment that they're making to create that environment and set officials up for success, it's the local youth hockey programs, mm-hmm. um, because if they're letting the coaches run wild, okay, without any accountability for the coaches and there were the parents in terms of how they're responding and how they're reacting towards the officials, that contributes to that environment as well. So, mm-hmm. it's not just. The officiating program we need the entire hockey community working together uh to foster that positive environment and you know and and the reality is you know some officials just aren't going to like it they're going to give it a try and for whatever reason it's just not their cup of tea it's not their it's not in their um it's not in their uh uh genes so to speak to, to go out and and want to do that it's great that they gave it a try but it's just not something that's going to work but for those where it is and they're chased away simply because they weren't given an opportunity to advance or 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 they were being yelled at by the coaches and the parents and those types of things that's the challenge that we have and and you know i don't think that there's a day that goes by in our office here between myself uh, uh, and, uh, my colleague, uh, uh, BJ Ringrolls is also in the officiating program and, and Mark Tabram in the coaching program and, and Kevin McLaughlin with youth and, and everyone else. There's not a day that goes by in this office that we're not trying to address that issue. Mm-hmm. Um, because it also reflects on the players as well. The players have to have fun. And if the environment's not positive for the officials, 
chances are the environment's not particularly uh, conducive for players having fun either. So that's a, that's the biggest challenge we have with USA Hockey, I think, at this point. Mm-hmm. No, Matt, and I think you you have a very good perspective that I think our listeners will really appreciate and hopefully be able to learn from as well. And I wanted to transition a little bit to talk about, obviously, we, we, we've, we've discussed, you know, the grassroots level of, you know, recruiting referees and helping them out and educating them. But on the uh, the other side, you also are very involved with the high level uh, educating and the high level assigning or, you know, getting getting the guys to those highest levels possible. And as I mentioned before the show, we talked with Tim Mayer recently, who was uh, USA Hockey's representative, I guess, uh, to the recent Olympics. And I mean, I'm just curious, like, how does that whole process go for you guys to, you know, get your USA Hockey guys to those highest levels of hockey, whether it be the Olympics or professional ranks? Like, how does that process kind of come about for you guys? Yeah, that's uh, that's that's certainly uh, an important part of our component, too. And, and I think it boils down to providing opportunities for those uh um, younger aspiring officials and, and, uh, and we do that through a, a variety of different, uh, initiatives and, and programs. Um, we have our summer development program and, and that's been going on here since, uh, and again, that started with Mark Rudolph back in 1983 and, and again, Kevin Collins, um, you know, played a significant role in, in that part and, and, and the development of our summer development camp. And, and, and one of the reasons, uh, you know, he was just inducted into, uh, the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame, uh, uh, the second official over the summer. Um, but Kevin and, and Mark played a, uh, developed that program. And, and really what it is is it takes that, that younger official, um, you know, ages 18 to, to 28, somewhere in that range, who really wants to pursue, uh, some sort of officiating or at least the higher levels, whether it be NCAA, whether it be junior, whether it be a minor pro and, and ultimately into the international or, or a professional scene. Um, it provides them a, a week long intensive, uh, opportunity to, uh, to really, uh, understand what it takes to be a, a high level official. Um, so we just, uh, we're just wrapping up, uh, those programs. We, we run five, uh, futures camps each summer, uh, for kind of sort of the, the, the entry level guys. Uh, we have a high performance camp, which is, uh, uh, geared more towards, uh, the guys that are already in the juniors and have been through the futures camps. Uh, uh, the program of merit, which, uh, uh, Brian Murphy from the National Hockey League has been, uh, um, instrumental in terms of, of managing uh, that program. And that's our top, uh, uh, our, our top guys that, uh, that are working at uh, the junior minor pro level and, and really fine tuning them a little bit for a week long session. And uh, uh, at the end of June, every year um, we have our elite experience, which kind of sort of is our introduction to the international game um, that takes place and, and stuff like that. So that all, um, through our, our, some of our development programs is, is kind of sort of that first step. Mm-hmm. And those guys who are, are, um, proficient at officiating and, and really want to pursue, um, will get invited into our junior officiating development program. And, and, um, Scott Zelkin, a former national hockey league referee, um, is, uh, the, the manager of that particular program based out of Chicago. Uh, he oversees, uh, uh, probably about uh, 75 to 80 full-time guys uh, and an additional 150 to, to 200 uh, part-time guys that are working uh, between the, the North American Hockey League, uh, which is our Tier 2 Junior League, um, the USHL, which is our tier, our top Tier 1 uh, Junior League, 
Um, they also work closely with the uh, Southern Professional Hockey League uh, as kind of sort of the introduction into the lower level um, men's hockey, minor pro, so to speak, as a as a transition between the USHL and the ECHL. Uh, and then they also have uh, uh, the NA3, the North American League 3, which is a tier, uh, uh, tier 3 uh, leagues, a uh, couple divisions uh, through the country uh, for those guys that are just entering into that junior level. Uh, so they assign uh, through that junior officiating program um, those, those are the best of, of, of that particular group. And, and the graduates of those programs move on to the ECHL. Uh, they move on to the American League. Um, those are the guys that are going into the international, uh, uh, our international program and, and uh, uh, ultimately uh, the, the, the top guys that, uh, that are fortunate enough to be hired or contracted by the National Hockey League uh, are essentially all graduates of that particular program. Yeah. No, Matt, it's, it's amazing. I mean, you know, Pretty much, I don't know if it's every referee we've talked about, certainly most referees, most American referees we've talked to on the show. I mean, we've talked to Andy McAlman, we've talked to Keith Cavall, certainly Tim Mayer's one. And it, without fail, pretty much everyone gives a, a, a ton of credit to your high-level officiating development programs. And uh, I don't know if there's a, a secret sauce that you guys have that produces these high-level officials in these programs, but it's amazing that pretty much every single one of these gives, gives a ton of credit to your guys' program. So I think that that's a credit to you and the success you've had. And uh, just, uh, you know, before we let you go, I'd love to get, you know, a last bit of advice. I mean, for the, the young referees out there that are listening, I mean, what piece of advice would you give them, uh, you know, as they go into their seasons here shortly? Yeah, that, you know that's a that's a great question, and and uh, I could probably take about the next forty five minutes on that, but I'll try to uh, summarize and, and keep this fairly brief. Uh, I think that the key, and and when you're dealing with uh, talking about those younger officials or, or talking about any official really, um, and uh, um, I think sometimes we lose sight of the fact that there's nothing wrong with being a darn good pee wee referee. And in fact, we could use about twenty thousand of those too. Um, because that's where the bread and butter is in reality is, is USA hockey is a national governing body. Uh, same thing with, with hockey Canada and stuff like that. Um, you know, 90, 99% of our membership is, is grassroots, you know, uh, competitive hockey or recreational hockey and, and those types of things. And we lose sight of the fact that, um, you know, not everyone has to go on and work the highest levels and then you can still get enjoyment out of the game and, 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 um, have the passion for and being involved in, in the sport and being involved in in, uh, in, in hockey, um, working those younger levels and, and just being the best official that you can be each and every time you step on the ice. Um, I think the key to that is is you know um, is is preparing. You know, obviously knowing the rules and, and studying, and, and that's why we have our our open book exam at the at the uh, beginning of each season uh, that every official needs to do. It's it's not. To, to test their knowledge of the rules, it's to to kind of sort of get them to open the book and, and refresh at the start of the season, and and knowing the rules and and what their proper interpretations are and and what the spirit and the intent, um, I think is important. Um, being willing to communicate and accept the fact that you know what you're going to make mistakes, that's going to happen, um, and and honesty is an important part of that. But um, when you communicate and and uh, not only with your partners and your teammates. Uh, uh, but also with uh, uh, coaches when necessary, um, you generally earn some credibility and, and earn some respect along those lines. Um, and uh, I think just strictly from a messaging standpoint is is never 
never forget what the role of the official is. And, and that role, quite simply, is to go out and enforce the rules of the game to the best of our ability. Um, nowhere in the rule book does it say, you know, well, enforce this rule, uh, except for when it's inconvenient for one team or the other. You know, and then all of a sudden look the other way and, and you don't enforce this rule. Um, you know, it, it doesn't, the rule book doesn't say that. And, and, and I think the, the, the officials that tend to have the most fun and, and have the most success, regardless of what level it is, are those officials that, uh, that are true to themselves. Uh, they bring a sense of, of integrity to, to what they do and, and, and a tremendous amount of pride in being part of the USA hockey officiating program and, and part of the hockey community. Um, and they just go out and simply do their job to the best of their ability every time they step on the ice. Uh, and if you, uh, I think, uh, I think the game is better. Um, and we can recognize and remember that the, the game is bigger than all of us. And, and, you know, we wouldn't be doing what we're doing if we didn't have a passion for the sport. Um, and, uh, using that passion in, in a positive way to contribute and, and simply going out and doing your job and, and getting enjoyment out of it. Um, those are the, those are the types of officials that, uh, I think everyone wants to see step on the ice, whether it's the, um, the, the squirt peewee parent or whether it's the, uh, uh, the junior coach, uh, it's the guys that care, the guys that take pride, uh, and, uh, go out and do the best they can. Well, Matt, I don't think I could have said any better myself. And like you said, whether you're, you know, doing the squirt games or you're, you know, going to pursue a professional career, I think that's advice that certainly any official could appreciate and learn from and, you know, incorporate in their games moving forward. So, uh, Matt, we, like I said, I know you're very busy, so I, I certainly appreciate you taking the time to share your knowledge, share your experience and insight um, into officiating, and certainly for you know taking the time to chat with us. So uh, all the best uh, down the road, and uh, again, thank you very much for your time. Yeah, thanks, Brandon, and uh, certainly I hope everyone enjoys the rest of their summer here. Uh, season's getting started pretty quick, and let's get ready to get back to work.